This wasn't my intended verse. Sorry, Mitch and the media team. But I felt something there in, in worship. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's not that there might be. Or there could be, I hope there's going to be. There is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. I believe this morning that not just the Word of God that will be delivered, but I believe that people are going to be set free from things that have been holding on to them for a very long time. This morning, here, today, in God's presence, I believe that there are strongholds of identity issues that are going to break off now. The power of those identity issues are going to fall off now. You're going to receive freedom in the presence of the Lord. I believe that there are people that have, uh, have had the power of, of addictions holding them for way too long. They're going to be broken this morning. I believe that people that have strongholds of relationship issues or pains that might have been caused by someone else, not even your fault, but the power and the weight of that will break off this morning. Because that's what the word says. Where the spirit is, there is freedom. I believe those that might have been struggling with poverty mindsets, you're going to be set free this morning. I've been praying for you already, and I know it's going to happen. I believe that people that might have had bitterness or resentment, you're going to be set free from that. I believe people that might have had an addiction to any form of sexual sin, you're going to have that broken off, the power of that broken off this morning. I've been praying for you, and I'm believing for it today. I'm not hoping that it might happen. I know that it's going to happen because the Spirit of the Lord is here in this place, and wherever He is, there is freedom. Can we be a Christian and still sin? It's a big question, right? And I find that it's one particularly that the world wants to use against Christians. If you just think about it for a moment, because they'll go, oh, you're not what you say you are. You're not doing what you say you believe. We're not really seeing the fruit of what's in your heart and what you say. And Jesus is perfect. Yes, Jesus is actually, hey, let's have a conversation. Jesus is the only one who's perfect. <laughs> um, that's why he came sorted it out <laughs> but it comes from this lower place of understanding can we be Christian and still sin I'm going to answer for you real quick and then I'm going to be like cool let's step on that one and let's move on to something more powerful is that cool see our world needs to see us set free because they want to be set free oh man I'm ready I hope you do not come into this place with the familiarity of what we do in this building every Sunday. Can we pause for a moment? Let's not get familiar with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. With the smell of this room, reminds me of the construction that was going on last year. <laughs> I spend a lot of place here but I never want to get familiar of what can take place here. See, there's, you can always meet God in your bedroom. You can meet God in your car, like I did on the way here. Got totally whacked by God. I'm going, we're going to have an awesome Sunday. I think 90% of the way I was like trying to see, and I'm like, oh, man. Because <laughs> I was going, don't get familiar, Jared. God goes, yeah, don't get familiar, Jared. Don't get familiar with my power. Don't get familiar with the freedom that can come. You can meet him like that, but there's something really, really, really special 
about the gathered saints. God does stuff a little bit differently when we gather in the room together. And I believe that that's why you're going to have some bondages broken this morning. Because where the body of Christ is together, we work together and we crush everything that is against us from the enemy throws at us. There's certain things that we can do on our own and receive from God on our own, but there's something special about being in this place together. Not so much that it's the building, but it's all of us in here going, you know what? Yeah, no, that's not going to have a power over my life anymore. Hey, brother in Christ, sister in Christ, I need some prayer. Can you stand with me? There's something special that takes place here. So this morning, if you want freedom from that thing that is weighing you down, today is the day you're going to receive that freedom from the Lord. Amen? I've got a big passage of scripture and probably not a, enough time to spend on it, but I'm going to grab it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab my physical. I'm going to read the whole chapter of Romans 6. Is that cool? So if, if it doesn't go according to plan, at least we all read the Bible this morning, and God can do something, all right? This is a powerful passage. Can I encourage you, with, with these topics, the, the elephant in the room, there's a lot of big topics, and you need to go home and grab this. Whenever Pastor Sam or Pastor Carolina or someone who brings the word talks about it, take that scripture home and, and mull over it, meditate on it, chew on it. Let the Spirit of God reveal it to you deep down, okay? But I'm going to read this. this. This Bible sits next to my bed, and I pick it up every morning. This is the thing. Get, get comfortable grabbing this. Get used to grabbing this. Chapter 6. I'm just going to go for it, okay? Or else I might get caught and too excited, which we'll get there. There's a concept just before it. I'm going to read the verse just before, and I'm going to touch on it. Adam uh, and Christ are contrasted in chapter 5, in Romans 5. And, and so getting to chapter 6 and to chapter 7, chapter 8 of Romans, I, I love chapter 8 of Romans is one of my favorite passages about living out of, out of the spirit, not in the flesh. But this is a very important passage. But here, verse 21 in chapter 5 says, So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death through Adam, I'm inserting that, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Chapter 6. This is answering the question, can you be a Christian and still sin? Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Straight away, boom. Since we have died to sin, can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined with him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ raised from the dead by his glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was we now we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives we are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with Christ we were set free from the power of sin and since we died with Christ we we know we will also live with him we are sure of this because Christ raised from the dead and he will never die again death no longer has any power over him when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to, to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. What an awesome sentence. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to the sinful desires. This is the icky bit, okay? 
Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law, but instead you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God for that. Amen. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you. You still with me? We're still going. We're getting there. I might need a drink of water after this. <laughs> now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves of to righteous living. And I love how he starts this in, just, just so you know, people. He's like, because of your weakness of your human nature, I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you le- I love that Paul just starts that in. He's like, okay, let me just, anyway. <laughs> Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which, which led to even deeper into sin. I love this. It's bringing it home. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. A weird sentence that we don't have enough time to get into that. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things that you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now, everybody say but now. You are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What a big chunk of theology passage right there. The best thing I want to say to you is, I, I read this, and there's like multiple times where it says, but now, now, but now. Because it's saying this is old life, this is old thing. And there's these, these theological things I want to touch on real quick. we get got like eight minutes because I want us to receive from heaven this morning. I don't want us to just read this, understand it, and know it and have a greater theological sense. I want you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. To receive freedom. Anybody. It doesn't matter what, what the, the, the life story that you insert here that used to be. It's but now you are free from the power of sin. If there's anything you take home this morning, you are free from the power of sin. Jesus broke the power of sin over your life. He didn't just set you free and pay for the penalty. He's broken the power of it over your life. Can you be a Christian and still sin? I'm going to answer it. You ready? Yes. Just to clear that a little bit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Explain. Do we want to do it? Do we want to keep sinning? That might be a better question. No, we don't want to. Why would we want to? Because it leads, it leads to death. Why would we want something that leads to death and brokenness? A better question is why, why would we want to when God says, I can be free from the power of sin? Amazing. I'm going to touch on three really, really quick theological things to help you. So if you're taking notes, I got a couple little things. The first one that I, I want us to just understand with this, really quick, because of chapter 5, it says it's, it's Adam and Christ. So it's Adam versus Christ. And this is an identity shift to understand being able to be free from the power of sin. So there's Adam versus Christ. I'm saying versus because it sounds cooler and more aggressive. Because um, there's no, there's, there's actually no battle there, clearly. But I'm going to read to you some differences of what it looks like to be either in Adam or to be in Christ. 
Adam is condemned sinner. In Christ, we are declared righteous. In Adam, we are dead in trespasses and sins. In Christ, we are alive and complete in him. In Adam, we are destined for eternal punishment and separation from God. But in Christ, we are destined for eternal life and peace with God. In Adam, our position is of sin. In Jesus, our position is righteousness. In Adam, our nature is sin. In Christ, our nature is righteousness. In Adam, we have personal sins. In Christ, we have personal acts of righteousness. That's the first thought, that there's this identity shift. We, we can live our lives under the identity of, of this Adam. This it's basically saying, chapter 5, you read it. Go home, read it. And you'll see the difference between living in Adam and all sin came through one man, Adam. But in the same way, righteousness comes through Christ for everyone who wants to receive that. And then salvation. I'm going to touch on There's a couple of different salvations, understanding salvation. There's these four little things here. I'm, going to, I'm doing it real quick. I want to do the theology really quick so that we can go and receive from heaven. Is that cool? So there's a historical salvation, which means that you have been saved, and that was at the cross. There's an initial salvation. You were saved, and that was your decision. And if you haven't made the decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to give a moment for that because it is the best moment and decision you will ever make. Then there is ongoing salvation, which is you are being saved, and that is the Christian life. That is sanctification. Then there is final salvation where you will be saved, and that is eternal life in heaven. Now, three keys. If there's, if there's something you take apart from, you don't have to live in the power of sin. It's understanding these three concepts. This next one, media, if you could go to the next one. The, um, yes, justification. Just as though you never sinned. Justification is being free, very simple. It's a past tense. Um, it's it's a, a moment event that Jesus did on the cross. It's a past tense event, but it means that we are free from the penalty of sin. Justification means that we don't have to bear. It's God showed us great mercy. That's our justification, that we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to receive the punishment that Jesus took. Justification is free from the penalty of sin. And this is the one we're going to receive this morning, sanctification. This is a present tense process. There's a past tense event. There's a present tense process that God wants to do. This is the Christian life, the everyday life, and that is being free from the power of sin between receiving Jesus and entering the gates of heaven. This is the biggest process apart from being eternity with Christ. Sanctification, being free from the power of sin, and glorification. And you see these three throughout the Bible. You can start reading. There's lots of scriptures that you see this, this weird concept that's, that theologians call the already and not yet. I'm over. I told you I'm going to do the theology real quick. Okay, glorification. This is a future tense assurance. This is our hope that we will receive new bodies, glorified bodies in heaven. This is entering the gates of heaven. This is this is the assurance of our hope that Jesus paid for the penalty of sin, and we can now walk from cross. To the gates, we can walk the process of being free from the power of sin. But when we enter the gates, that is when we are, that is the only time, this is to go a little bit further on answering the question, this is the only time you will be free from the presence of sin. So sin is still in our lives, although we are coming more and more like Christ. It said, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
and we are being transformed into one step of glory into another step of glory which is becoming more and more like him which means that there's still sin what does paul say he said he said you know the things that i want to do i find myself not doing the things i don't want to do i'm still doing this is paul he wrote so much of the new testament sin is still present in our lives but we are being transformed into the likeness of jesus it's a process it's the christian walk and there's a lot of things that it takes to get it right can you be a christian and still sin yes but we don't want to and it's about stepping from strength to strength. It's about coming back. When there's a mistake, I'm coming back to the Lord. And there's one thing that I want to touch. There's a lot of things I want to get to. I had so much for this. But I want us to, I want us to enter into his presence this morning. I want to spend some time doing that. Because there is when you will experience the difference between being under the weight of sin and being under the weight of God's glory and his power rather than the power of sin. See, the, the transformation journey, I just wrote a ginormous paper on this, okay? So I've done, I've read like so much, so much on the transformation journey. And throughout so many different scholars, but you know, all over, different, different walks, you know, 50 years ago to now, there's two things that it takes for us to walk this process between justification, being free from the penalty, and walking in the process of going, I'm, I'm learning how to not live in the power of sin. Whatever it may be, it's I'm learning how to do this process. Two things that came up many, many times is it's a human-led process, which means you and I have to partake in. We have to put effort. Second Peter chapter 1 is all about our effort, which sounds weird, right? Because justification comes through faith, not by our works, right? But it takes our effort. So it's human-led, meaning we've got to put some effort in to becoming like Christ. We can't just stay at the cross, lead us to the cross, because that's where we receive, but we can't stay there. We have to work with God. And the other part of the human-led is getting a discipler in your life, getting a mentor in your life, getting a pastor, maybe not just on a Sunday, but in your life going, hey, are you making some steps in progress to become like Christ? So you can have the mind of Christ, but it takes someone who has already learned how to use it a lot more than you to teach you how to use your mind of Christ. So you need a disciple. And I can tell you that personally, in the last 12 months, I've had the privilege of sitting with Pastor Dan O'Farrell. And I've, the biggest transformation in my life, the biggest process of watching and becoming more like Christ is having someone going, hey, Jared, that's not right theology. And that's not actually a mindset that God wants you to have. Let's, let's fix that. So you got to get someone, it, it takes effort from us, and it also takes another human being to be a spiritual director in your life to go, hey, let's make some steps. Hey, you might have messed up, let's stop thinking about that, let's move on, let's work out, let's work what we need to do to get there. There's a lot of things in this equation. The second thing is it's spirit, spirit-led. So it's human-led, but it's by the Spirit of God, it's by the divine Spirit of the living, breathing, all-powerful God. And that is what I want us to experience this morning as a church. Going, it takes us, and it might be that you got to get up out of your seat and come down the front and go, you know what, God? I have spent a lot of time just lingering at the cross. But I'm finding myself struggling my way to the gates of heaven by the burden of sin, by the power of sin. You may be free from the penalty of sin. You may have received Christ and received his forgiveness, but you could be struggling in life by a weight, the power of sin. And I believe that here this morning, 
that can break off of your life. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, who wants to live under the power of sin? Not me. Not me. There is freedom in this place, and the enemy wants you to think that because of that mistake, you can't actually walk this journey right. I'm telling you right now, devil, you've got no place in this room. If you have made a mistake even on your way to church last night, this week, and it is weighing you down, there is freedom in this place. There is no condemnation. There is grace, abundant grace, and there is an abundant life on offer for you. Do not let another moment control your life by the power and the weight of the sin. It's still here when no one is free from the presence of sin until we're in heaven with Jesus. So we got to walk this journey together. This is about coming and standing in the presence together as a body of Christ going, we're going to break free from the power of sin. And we're also at the end of the service, we're going to sing chains no more. And we're going to let loose the freedom of God, okay? <laughs> I might grab this. Um, I thought about this while we were in praise and worship when we were singing that song. I don't know how much is in here. There's a story of elephants, right? Kind of funny, we're on the elephant in the room. That when training elephants, they train them when they're young. Sure, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard this story. But I pray that it breaks something new this morning if you haven't. They, they wrap the chain around one ankle of the, the baby elephant and put it to a, a post or a stake. When the, the elephant is young, it can't break free from that chain. And so it, it learns that as soon as they tie it up, put the chain on it, well, it's, it's stuck. I can't do anything. And so on and so on. It learns when it's a giant full elephant, the biggest land animal in the world, <laughs> could easily bust that post out in a second, could easily snap the chains that are tied around its ankle. But the moment it puts the chain back on it, its mindset is I've, I can't break that post. It's under the power of a mindset of a chain wrapped around its ankle. And sometimes as Christians, we can be still caught in our old thinking, our Adam-like mindset, going, man, Jesus paid the penalty, but you're still carrying around this big giant amount of chain mentally, this stronghold. But in Christ, there are no chains. They have been broken free. And I'm praying that whatever area you know, we don't need to get into. Whatever area that has been weighing you down, it might be a fear of the future, fear of making a decision. I mean, our world is pretty chaotic right now, to say the least. But as a believer in Jesus, there are some mindsets and strongholds that we got to break off so that we are not living under the power of sin. We are set free from the penalty of sin, but... We are not to be underneath the power and the weight of sin. 
That is not the life that Jesus said, hey, I came to give you life and life abundant. That's the life that the enemy goes, yeah, I'm going to steal as much as I can. He may be going to heaven, but I'm going to make his life miserable and wait under this, this chain as he walks around in life so that God can't use him to his full potential to tell him that you can be set free. I don't know what your chains were before Jesus or if you haven't received Jesus, but I know that this morning when you come into his presence, we're going to get the ministry team. Whatever it is, let, let this morning be the morning that you stop remembering this chain around your ankle.